Sorry, I forgot to get the mic out. Get the mic out. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Uh, if you didn't know, you're at church, so welcome. Um, my name is Nathan Bedford. I'm glad you're here. Um, as you can see, it's, a, it's been a pretty exciting time as a church. We had virtue the last couple of days, and then they were like, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a really cool guest speaker. Um, I think I heard she was from Miami. We're going to have a really cool guest speaker one night, and then the next morning, we're going to have, you know, that woman that everyone loves but never speaks on stage, Miss Tyra. We're going to have her speak, and then the next person they're going to hear preach is you. That's what, that's what I got told. And so that's, that's I'm, I'm here. I'm here. If, you, if, you're, if you're unfamiliar and you're like, that guy kind of looks familiar, but I'm not sure, it's because it's a little shady in the drum cage there sometimes, and that's generally where I occupy. But um, just, a, just a quick recap of who I am, if, you, if you're unfamiliar. My name's Nathan. I'm a ripe old age of 28 and three quarters. Um, I am married to the most wonderful woman in the world, just sitting here on the front row in a nice new denim jacket. And um, just to save you any small talk questions you want to ask later, uh, we don't have kids. They're not on the horizon. We'll have them eventually. You don't have to ask. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Just getting that out of the way. Um, save us all some time. Save us all some time, okay? But this is part two of our, of our Young Guns series. And um, frankly, I'm just honored to, to have been asked to be able to, to be up here and speak while, while Pastor Darian and, and Tyra are on sabbatical. And I would encourage you all as, as their church to be praying for them, be praying that they come back with a, a renewed vision, a renewed spiritual health, that they find the fountain that the Lord gives them, and they come back ready to, to charge the last half of this year that we have coming up. And so the the, for the three of you in the room that are note takers, the title of today's message is Decisions, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And if that sounds familiar, it's because when I originally wrote this message, I had recently eaten lunch at a Goldie's, and um, I think at a Goldie's you're either required to play like college softball or... Guy Fieri. I think that's the only two things you're allowed to play at a Goldie's. And that day, it was Guy Fieri. And so the name of the message is Decisions, Drive-Ins, and Dives. We'll see if it has any point. I'm not sure. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that, that you've given us this place that we can come, we can gather, and we can, we can see what you have to teach us today who you would call us to be, God. We thank you for that, and I thank you that you use my words, God, that they're not mine. God, that they're yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and dive in. Normally, I'm worried about being long enough. Today, I'm a little worried that I'm going to get carried away and be a little too long. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. We're going to go ahead and dive on in to point one, and that is that being planted is a decision. Now, we've heard a lot about being planted this year. If you're, if you're new with us, maybe you missed the, the beginning stages of the year, um, planted has been kind of our theme for the year. We started in a series titled Planted. It's kind of 
gone in. We've we've had a series titled "Growing Seasons." I think I titled that. I remember that right. But but it's kind of been the theme of the year, is being planted and what that looks like. But it's all based on Psalm one, verses one through three. It says, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers." But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So this scripture shows us the benefit of being planted in the Lord, of being planted in a church like we have here at Your Place Church. And see, I'd argue that the being planted is not just a good idea. It's not just something that, oh, you know, that's, a, that's kind of a cool word we'll talk about. We haven't, we haven't talked about being planted yet, really, as a church. That's a, that's a good idea for the year. I think it's a, it's a necessary thing to be planted. But I also believe that being planted is more than just coming to the same church every Sunday. Being planted involves making a decision, making a choice. See, in the scripture, before we get to verse 3, which, which is the great verse, right? We want, the, we want to be the person like a tree planted by streams of water, but before we get there, it tells us that bl- the blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And I don't know about you, but, but generally when I, when I take a step, when I stand up, when I sit down, generally there's been a decision to be made. Generally, if the decision I've made is to stand, the next decision I immediately want to make is to sit. It's generally the decision. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't generally get stood up just magically. I don't generally just get like transport, like let's, I'll try it, I'll try it. No. It doesn't work. I, don't, I have to make the decision to walk or to sit or to stand. And if you don't have to make that decision for yourself, I think you might be possessed. And um, somebody can pray for you after service. It won't be me uh, because that's kind of scary. And so uh, maybe Pastor Taylor can pray for you if, uh, if that's you, if you get moved around without your consent. Um, Someone else can pray for you. But see, if you're, if you're here, if you're watching online, if you're, if you're listening to this later, you've, you've made a decision to come to church this morning. Maybe, maybe you were asked to come. Maybe you were bribed. Maybe you were coerced. Maybe you were guilted into coming. Or ho- hopefully, hopefully this is the case for most of us in the room. Hopefully we just wanted to come to church this morning. But no matter how we got here, we made a decision to come here. But see, being planted in a church is different than attending it. Even if you've been attending it for years, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're planted. Now see, I've, I've only gone to two churches in my life. Te- 
technically I've gone to more than two churches in my life, right? Like, I, like my grandma had a church. I've been to that one, right? Like I was in Boy Scouts. We visited that church once a year, right? So I've been to more than two churches, but I've only really been a part of two churches my entire life. See, before I was born, my, my parents moved to Pryor, and they were trying to find the right church to raise their family in, right? Parent goals, am I right? Parent goals. If you, need to, if you need to ask them parent goals, they might be in the room. You can ask them after service. But they were trying to find the right church. They were trusting churches, and nothing quite felt right. And then they had a friend invite them to a, to a home group that was hosted not too far outside of town, similar to a life group. So they're like, okay, okay, we like these friends. Sure, we'll go check it out. Fast forward, they ended up attending the church that those people went to, which was in Venita. Again, they, li- they lived in Pryor. So they attended going, going to church in Venita. It's the, it's the church that, that they got planted in. They felt right about, felt God had called them to. And then, then I came along. And so it was, it was the only church that I knew growing up. You know, Sunday morning I'd come, get in the car, drive like 40 minutes to Venita. We'd go to church drive like 40 minutes home, we'd catch the last like tail end of Beetle Brunch on Cool 1061. Um, anyways, catch that on the way home, on the way home, right? No Beatles on the way to church, that was Rich Mullins. And so we, we'd, we'd do the deal, drive the 40 minutes. Eventually I started, started playing on the worship team, and I, of, of course I wanted to play drums on the worship team, but the pastor's son played drums on the worship team, and... Um, I don't want to point any fingers, but you don't generally tell the pastor's son not to do what the pastor's son is doing, right? He's the pastor's son. And so um, they, they needed someone to play, they needed someone to play keyboard, and I had taken piano lessons, so I got, you know, put on keyboard, which is great, which is great. So I started playing on the worship team. Eventually, eventually that pastor's son graduated high school. Oh, who needs a drummer now? And so I made the transition down our stage and started playing drums. You know, I was, again, going every Sunday. I was showing up early for worship practice before church. We were, we were doing the whole thing, and I was seemingly planted, but I really wasn't. Now, as a, as a preface, as a side note before I go into this, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that's, that's bashing that church because, again, that's the church that I got saved in. That's the church I got baptized in. That's the church I learned how to play worship music. That's the first pastor I heard. That's the first pastor I, I trusted and sat under. That, that whole thing, this is, this is a story about my immaturity, not the church's quality, okay? That's the, I just want to preface this before we get, before we get into this. But see, the, the other half of me attending church every week, of, of being, again, a member of the worship team, uh, a lifelong attendee of this church. There was a, a, a smaller church, so there wasn't much of a youth group for me to be in as I got older. Again, we lived 40 or so minutes away, which makes it a little hard to hang out with people on a, on a casual basis. And I got to the point on the worship team where I kind of dreaded Sunday morning, but I started dreading Sunday morning on Saturday, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if any of you, I'm sure none of you have this feeling on Sunday evenings before work on Monday morning where you're like, man, if I go to bed, the next thing I have to do is go to work. <laughs> and so I kind of don't want to go to bed yet, right? Like, that was me on Saturday nights. It got to that point where I just really didn't want to go. And on top of that, get this, 
get this. You're not going to believe this, okay? Sometimes I remember I'm playing drums on stage in the service, okay? So I'd play drums on stage in the service, and then maybe someone stayed up too late the night before. And then maybe that person would sit in the service, and then maybe that person would close their eyes for the duration of the message, you know, as the person on the stage playing drums, right? Just, so just imagine me, we come out of the worship set, and I sit down in this chair right here in the front row, and I just sleep while Pastor Darian is preaching. That's what I did. That's, that's what I did going to this church. And so does, does any of that sound like I was planted in the church, or does it sound like I was just going to church? Right? I was a Christian the whole time. Like I said, I was saved I got baptized there, but I wasn't planted. And you'll never believe it, I have another story along these lines. Again, we didn't, didn't really have a youth group at this church, and so ninth, 10th grade in there somewhere, I got invited to, to come out to um, this new church that was starting. They had a youth group called Exchange, and um, maybe, maybe you'd be interested in coming out, but see that the only reason I was interested in coming out here was because they needed someone to play drums. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go play drums. Cool, all right. So I went to play drums. I would like to think I was one of the more consistent students at the time, you know, I was pretty regular. Again, someone had to play drums, so that was me. But I bet, I bet based on that last story, you'll never guess how I acted. I bet, I bet you couldn't figure out how I acted out here. See, I, I played on the worship team. It's not a huge stage, right? It's still not an enormous stage up here, but it was a, it was a little bit smaller back then. And looking back, I, I really don't know who all I was playing on the worship stage with. All the people that were on I don't know. I can name a few of them, but I don't know everybody that played on that stage. And in fact, for a while, I'm talking multiple months, okay? Like this one, it wasn't just like, oh, a couple weeks. I wasn't sure who this person was. Multiple months, I shared a stage. I went to practice with, we, during the countdown, a little inside baseball for you. In the countdown, we, the worship team gathers back here, and um, we make jokes and then kind of sometimes pray if we remember in time before we have to come out. And, and so we, 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 would, we congregate during the countdown backstage. So I would, I would be on stage with this person. I would do it multiple months. Had no idea that I was sharing the stage with the person that would one day become my wife. Literally, literally no idea. I met her at someone's house, not at the church. Not, not at worship practice that we attended together. Not backstage when we, were, when we were getting ready before service. Not, not any of these places where I should have met, you know, the people that I'm serving the Lord with. No, I met her somewhere else. Again, does, does it sound like I was planted? No. But did it look like I was planted? Yeah. So do you see how being planted is a decision? And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure most of this doesn't apply to you guys. I'm sure, I'm sure you all, you see this as your home, you're, you're firmly planted, you, 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 you don't see yourself in my stories at all, hopefully, hopefully that's the case, hopefully I'm just preaching to old me. 
But in, in Revelation 3.20, Revelation, Revelation, all right. But don't worry, it's red letters, it's Jesus, we're safe. Okay, we're not talking about like a lion with a monkey head and like 19 wings and a thousand eyeballs. We're not talking about that for Revelation. I'll leave that to someone else. I'll stick to the red letters in Revelation for now. But in 3.20, it says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Do you know how many times Jesus stood at the door and knocked for me? How many services I was in? How many messages I heard? How many messages I fell asleep through? That he was knocking on the door. But I wasn't making the decision to open it. I wasn't making the decision for him to come in and tell me who he designed me to be. In Colossians 2, verse 6, Paul writes in encouraging the Christians at that time and encouraging us now. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. See, we have a decision to make before we can be planted here. Seeds, the common analogy when we're talking about being planted, seeds don't get a choice where they're planted. Maybe they go in a pot that's never going to get watered, it's going to be baking in the sun. Maybe it's going to go in the garden of that old lady down the street that's got the greatest green thumb and grows the huge zucchinis. Maybe it's going to be purchased at Walmart and then forgot about and left in the package and never planted at all. See, seeds don't get a choice in the matter. But, but one of the cool things about being human, besides like thumbs and like, I mean like, we get to watch movies and understand them. We get, I mean, like, dogs don't understand movies, right? Like, we get to. So there's cool things, there's cool things about being human. Okay, I, I could get lost on that. But one of the cool things about being human is we have the free will to make choices. We choose if we're going to put down roots that can dig deep and flourish. We choose if we're going to come to church and, and tell ourselves that we're planted Oh, well, I go to church every week. I've been going there for three years. Or if we're coming because this is where our roots are, and this is where we're established, and this is where we're growing. This is where we're going deep. See, we have that choice. Paul writes to, to see to it that, that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy that depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. See, there's a, there's a lot of hollow and deceptive philosophy that, that depends on human tradition. And, and before, you, before you boo me out of the room, just let me get to, to the end of what I'm about to say. There's where we live in Oklahoma, or as Pastor Darian likes to call it, the buckle of the Bible belt. Where we live, there's a human tradition to go to church on Sunday, there's restaurants that are closed on Sunday. There's businesses that are closed on Sunday. And why are they closed on Sunday? It's so their employees can go to church. There's a, a tradition. Well, it's Sunday. Got to get to church. 
But are we missing the point? Even if we find ourselves coming here every Sunday, are we missing the point? I know, and I, I've proven that I, I was missing the point for a long time. And if you're hearing me right now, you've, you've made a decision to be here. You've made a decision to listen. But are you making the decision to be planted here? Now, see, another area that, that I believe we're called to be planted in a, in a very necessary way is being planted in the things of God. Because being planted in a church is important. It's vital, right? That's what we've been talking about. Being planted in a church is important, but it doesn't do us much good to be planted in the church if we're not planted in the things of God. I, can, I cannot stress to you enough how important it is to read our Bibles, yeah. how important it is to pray, how important it is to spend time in worship, and I mean spend time in worship outside of the 20 minutes at the front of our services, but in our normal lives. How important it is to, to serve on the dream team. How important it is to do these things consistently. See, in 2 Timothy 3, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now this letter is one from t to Timothy from Paul. While Paul's in, imprisoned by the Romans and a lot of people think this was maybe the last thing that Paul wrote. And in our English Bibles, we have the, the heading given to us, a final charge to Timothy. So Paul's writing these words that we just read as part of his last push to Timothy. Maybe the last things that, that he's ever going to write to Timothy is what he's writing here. And see, this verse alone shows several pieces of being planted. Because in verse 14, he says to continue what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how would someone like Timothy know those who taught him? By being planted underneath those people. See, he wouldn't learn that from hopping from church to church. Timothy wouldn't have learned who these people are by moving from pastor to pastor to pastor whenever that one says something we didn't like. He would know it because he was planted under those people. See, we learn and Timothy learns from being with those who teach us. That's, that's not the point. That's not the point, Nathan. That's Planted in church was the last point. That was the last point. Last point. New point. We're on a new point. We're moving on. Verse 16 tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
So this makes it seem like Scripture is pretty important, what we now call the Bible. It's pretty, it's pretty important because sometimes people like to get hung up on, ooh, what part did Moses write? Ooh, is this one of, is this one of the books that Paul wrote in the New Testament? Or, or maybe someone else wrote it. We don't know who wrote this. We don't, we're not sure, and that really matters who wrote it. But see, what this says is, is that it's God-breathed. It, it doesn't matter whose hand wrote it down. It doesn't matter who told it to someone, who told it to someone to write it down. Because God breathed it. And that its, its uses are, are not, believe it or not, the Bible's uses is not to make you sleepy before bed. Okay, that's not, that's not what the Bible is. It's not, it's not just to make sure that you feel okay about being a Christian today because you can check the box. You're like, oh, I read the verse of the day. I'm good. See you tomorrow, God. That's not, that's actually not, that's actually not one of the uses listed in this verse. See, one of the uses, though, one of the uses that it says is that the Bible teaches us and it'll help us to teach others. And we don't have, obviously, we don't have time to get into all that the Bible teaches us. But most importantly, the most important thing the Bible teaches us is about Jesus, who, who he was on earth, what he did for us, what he does for us now, who he is in our lives. See, in, in John 3.16, it teaches us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And many of you may be like, yeah, of course we know what John 3.16 is. But at one point, you had never heard John 3.16. And that verse teaches us who God is, what he did. He gave his son, okay. And that if we believe in him, that we won't, we won't perish. It, it teaches us these things. Right in John 10.10, 10, it, it teaches us that the thief is who comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, if we don't read our scriptures and something bad happens in the world, something bad happens in our world, we might point the finger at the wrong person. But we learn here, we're taught that it's the thief that comes to do those things, not God. I mean, heck, sorry, maybe I shouldn't say that. Heck, even if you go to Exodus, you go to Old Testament, it teaches us to honor our father and mother so that you can live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I mean, come on, that's a good verse for parents in the room. That's a good verse for kids in the room. Like, that's, a, that's just a good verse, and that's what the Bible is full of, right? It teaches us about finances. It teaches us how to be a better spouse, how to be a better friend, how to be a better child. It teaches us how, what's right, what's wrong. It teaches us that lying and murdering are bad, Right? It teaches us lots and lots of important things. And in addition to teaching us, the Bible helps us rebuke the devil. James 4, 7 says to submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I mean, right there. How do we, how do we get away from the devil? Resist him, and he will flee from you. That's the only option he has when we resist him. Ephesians 6.11 says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And 1 John 4.4 tells us that little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you 
is greater than he who is in the world. And so how, how does it teach us to rebuke the devil? It teaches us to remember that who we have is, is already one. He's bigger. But again, we don't learn these things if we're not planted in our words. The next one is not so fun. The Bible can correct us. In Romans 8, 9, it says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And John 14, 15 kind of says it all. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. How do we know those commandments? scriptures. That's how we know the commandments. And the Bible also trains us. In Psalms 144, David writes, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So if, if in Psalm, God would be willing to train David for war, isn't he willing to train us for our war? Our war that in Ephesians says is, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. He'll, he'll train us for those battles. Our Rocky montage is not, is not done in a meat locker. You don't have to run up any steps to train for our battles, I promise. Our training is done with a Bible in a notebook, and some quiet time. That's how we get ready for the battles we're going to face. You see, it's, it's not just reading our Bibles that we need to be planted in. And Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, prayer doesn't just not make us sick at our meals. Prayer doesn't just help us get that new job that we've been wanting. Prayer doesn't just help our team win the big game. I'm actually not sure if it does that at all. But uh, you can, it's never bad to pray, so go ahead, but you still might lose. But see, in every situation, we're called to pray. Being planted means, means we pray in every situation because his peace Surpasses our understanding, right? That, that house may look good, but then we, we take, a, take a second and we pray and we're like, you know what, I don't, I don't know what it was. I think we got to skip that house, right? This is what, uh, what Pastor Darren calls his, his nowhere, right? He likes, to, he likes to like grab his Iron Man chest and like his nowhere, <laughs> his nowhere. But this is, this is what prayer can help us do. Help us make those right decisions in every situation. Because God sees it all. We only see what's right in front of us. And see, the last thing is, is that worship is something we're called to do. But again, it doesn't say you have to be in this auditorium with this band and you have to sing three, maybe four songs, depending on the week. Do you know why? Who knows? But... Isaiah 12, 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Isaiah 12, 5 says to sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. See, worship is an outward expression to God. And when we're planted in him, we can't help but praise him when good things happen. See, when, when, we, when we get that promotion at work, our initial reaction should be to praise God for that promotion. When we, when we come home after being gone for hours and your wife has left a candle burning and your house is still standing, you praise God. When, when you're, you're on the phone with your wife and, and, and she kind of goes silent for a second and then she goes, oh, there's a, there's a police car up there. Oh, there's like a, a lot of police cars up there. Kind of looks like they're chasing somebody. But I don't, I don't see them following. I don't see a car in front of them. And then she goes silent for a few more seconds. And then she goes, oh, I think somebody just drove past me on my side of the highway. And then you find out later that there's a guy in a stolen car that they're now looking for who was armed and dangerous. And he was driving down the highway about that same time. And then you find out that you see posts from other people that are like, yeah, me and all the other cars pulled off to the side of the road because we saw a guy driving at us and we wanted to make sure we were out of his way. And uh, your wife was driving down the highway <laughs> right at him. Your first reaction is not to say, why don't you pay attention? You gotta know better. Your first reaction Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that, that she didn't get sideswiped. They didn't throw out tax strips on that side of the road also trying to get him. Your reaction is to praise the Lord. See, Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore... Let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Continually offer him praise. This is an everyday thing. This is a, a multiple times a day thing. See, being planted in the things of God extend beyond these walls. That's, that's when the change in our life simply happens. When, when situations come up and, and, and we can respond to those situations instead of react to those situations. It, it aligns our hearts. It aligns our filters. Because see, when, when something happens, we're filtering it through something. And, and I've heard some of y'all's filters. And frankly, I don't want my situations through y'all's filters. Like, I don't want that. I don't want it through my filter. But the only way it can run through God's filter is if we know what his filter is. See, when we're, when we're planted in God, that's who we run to. When a, a, a national tragedy happens, we don't run to our favorite news source to see how they might be able to comfort us. We don't rush to social media to see what other people might be saying. Do they feel the same way I do? We remember verses like in Isaiah 41.10 that says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now see, 
in the spirit of me being honest, I mean, I've already told you I used to literally sleep through church services, so I don't know what else I can really, because I would be offended if any of you fell asleep while I was up here talking, and I, I did it consistently. But for a, as long as I can remember, I've, I've struggled with a, what you might call an anger issue. And then for the last few years, I've struggled with what you might call anxiety. And these are two things that are not often thought of as things that are just going to kind of go away, the things that, that are going to get better, right? Like maybe you have to, have, to, have to treat it a certain way, or maybe the people around you just kind of have to get used to it. Oh, you never know. Is he going to be in a good mood? Is he going to be in a bad mood? We don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. But see, both of these things have, have never been better than they have been the last few months, the last year or so, that I've made a conscious decision to spend time in the Word, to spend time in worship, not just because, see, used to, I, I knew I should read my Bible, right? There's probably a, a handful of you in the room that, that know you should read your Bible, but it didn't really affect me if I did or didn't. You know, like the Bible app has those streaks now, you can open it up. You don't even have to read anything. You just got to open the, they don't even make you go to a verse. You just have to open the app. And now you can like go to your spouse and be like, look, 200 days reading the Bible and you haven't read anything in the Bible. Right? That was where I was. It didn't really affect me. But when I made the decision to, to actually start my days reading the Bible, to, to not just pray when it's a 911 call to God, but to spend time in prayer with him, and to do these things regularly. Now, it does, does that mean I read my Bible every day? Un, unfortunately, no. Hopefully, they let me still preach the second service. <laughs> but does it mean I notice now when I don't read my Bible? Yeah. And, and again, I've gotten in a pretty good habit of doing it before I start my day. And, and, but the days that I don't, the days that I'm like, oh, I don't really have time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip it today. I'll be okay. I'll redouble tomorrow, right? Like we do that. Those days, I feel the difference. My day doesn't go quite as good as I thought it would go. And it's, it's kind of like being, going a day without being watered as a plant. You're probably not going to die. But if the big storm rolls in, if, it, if it's an extra heat warning day like it is today, right? It's going to be like a 97 or something. When those days happen, if you weren't watered that day, you might not handle the heat so well. That's why we have to do it daily. Now, my, my last point is short, I promise. I promise my last point is short. But when we're, when we're planted, we begin not just producing fruit for ourselves, we begin reproducing to benefit others. See, when, when seeds are planted, they reproduce. We have a, a maple tree or two at our house, and it, it's, they're half dead, half alive, which is kind of like every tree at our house. It's like got green leaves but there's also holes in the bottom of the tree where you can see the, like you just poke it with a stick and if roots collapse in. And so it doesn't make any sense how it's alive and dead. There's, you know, like a nine million ants. There's bird families. There's squirrels. I have a picture of a squirrel just like kickback lounging in a hole in our tree. You know, like it's just kind of like a wildlife reserve we have going on at our house. 
Uh, it doesn't make sense. I'm just glad they let us pay the mortgage so that they can enjoy, they can enjoy all the luxuries of all our dead, alive trees that we have. But see, when, when these maple trees drop their seeds, if, if, you're, if you're not sure, the maple tree seed is those little helicopter seeds that are real fun. Right, like when you're a kid, you, you throw them up and you see them twirl down, and now you're a boring, lame old adult who would never dream of bending down and picking up that seed and throwing it up. But I tell you, it's just as fun if you do it now as it was when you were eight. I promise, I promise, next time you see one and it's not like wet from the rain, pick it up, throw it up, you'll have a blast, I promise. But see, when the, when the maple tree drops its seeds, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious when they fall down. They, get, they fall on the ground, then pretty soon I have like 800 maple sprouts across my weed field. I mean, my, my yard, my yard that's like purple weeds, and then it's white weeds, and it's yellow weeds, and I honestly don't know what's going on. And then sometimes there's no weeds at all because the moles have taken over again. We're really just inside the walls at our property. We're, uh, we don't own anything outside of it. They just, let us, they just let us hang out inside. But see, with the, with the maple tree, it's an obvious start to finish. You see the tree, you're not sure, is it dead? No, it's alive, it's dropping seeds. It drops the seeds, you see them flutter down. You see the sprouts pretty soon. And there we go. But, but just like a seed, we're, when we're planted, we reproduce. See, the, the reason my wife and, and her family come to this church now is because years and years ago, back when Pastor Darian was, was in the early days of this church, he was, he was speaking at an outside engagement that was not at the church. And they heard Pastor Darian speak, and they were like, hey, we've been kind of looking for a church. Like, we kind of like that guy. What was the name of his church? So they came, and they checked it out. And, and now, I mean, her, she's director of marketing and over the college, and her mom is Pastor Darian's assistant. And because... Pastor Darian was planted where he had been called. He overrode the button that said, I want to go to Texas. I want to go to a bigger city. He allowed God to plant him where he needed to be planted and do what he was called to do. He could have just been like, no, I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't speak outside. I'm new. You know, I, I'm just going to preach at the church. But he, he was willing to do and go where God had called him. And it changed people's lives. The reason, the reason I'm here, like I talked about earlier when I got invited out to exchange, is because, because a wonderful woman, Becky Orange, talked to my mom and said, hey, uh, we need a drummer out at the youth group that we're starting. I know Nathan plays drums. Do you think he'd want to come? And then however many years later, I'm here this morning because somebody was planted, because somebody was willing to do what God called them to do. The reason people find Jesus in these services on Sunday mornings is because we have a church that has people planted in prayer every Wednesday night at our prayer services. That's the reason lives are changed. It's because people are planted. And we could, we could go on and on about relationships that have been saved because they were planted in a church first. Go on and on about families that were rescued, that were, that were healed, because one person started out being planted in the things of God.
we can go on and on and on. It doesn't just benefit us. We like to look at it and say, oh, I want fruit. I, I want to show fruit. But we're also reproducing in others. We're also benefiting, we're changing other people's lives. See, being planted is necessary for us, but it's just as necessary for others. People's lives count on us being planted here. People's lives count on us being planted in our words, on us being planted in prayer. People's lives are depending on us. Because see, a seed in a package doesn't do any good until it's planted. You can come to church, and you can, you can do it every week, and you can look like you got it all together, and you can look like you're planted, and you're really just still in the package. Because being planted is a choice. I want to point us back to that original verse in Psalm said, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. What we talked about today are choices that we have to make before we can be that person in verse 3. So we can be the person planted by streams of water. So that we can be, like what Pastor Sam talked about last week, we can be that tree that bears fruit. We have to do the first verses. See, coming in and, and being in the room where God is, is that's good. Coming in and, and, and hearing even passively what, what the preacher might be preaching is, is good. But until we make that decision, until we, until we don't come in and just, just treat, it, treat it like a, a drive-in, oh, maybe we, we get, uh, got combo one last week, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just get combo six this week. You know, maybe uh, I'll skip worship. I'll skip worship. I don't know. They, uh, they, they might do that song I don't like. I'll skip worship. I'll get here in time for the message. We'll be good. But until we, until we quit doing that and we dive in and we dig deep, we won't find ourselves planted by the streams of water. And when you look at that, that title came around, didn't it? We have to make the conscious decision to be planted here and not just treat it like a drive-in, but dive into the things of God. And so before we go, I just, I just want to ask you, have you made the decision to be planted in this church? Have you made the decision be planted in the things of God because it is a decision let's pray God we just thank you we thank you for your grace and your mercy God that, that, that sees us where we are 
doesn't see the, the face we put on, doesn't see the way we act, but it sees us for, for who we really are, where we're really at. And God, I thank you that, that today is the day that if we haven't made the decision to be planted, we make it. Because it's a choice. We can tell ourselves if we come to church every week, maybe we even serve every week. But have we made the decision to be planted in you? God, I thank you that, that, that you see us, you see us here today. You see those of us making that decision right now. God, making that decision to, to not just halfway do this thing, not just go through the motions, but to be planted. In Jesus' name, amen.